Father, we thank you for this day. And we come before you this morning, and we pour out our love and adoration to you. Father, I pray this morning that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, Lord God. That you would open our ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. Most importantly, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us this morning, God. Let us walk away changed because we've encountered you. And we've had you reach in and minister and speak to the places in our hearts, our woundedness, our brokenness. Whatever it is we need, God. Because all of us have areas of woundedness or brokenness or need, Lord. And Father, you love us so much. And as we celebrate Father's Day, we look to you as the ultimate, the perfect Father. Lord, I know that there are people that will hear this message that may struggle with that because of their earthly father. But that's no reflection on the goodness that you are. What a wonderful Father you are. So, Father, I pray that we would come into alignment with your word and that understanding that you're a gracious, loving, giving Father who, above all things, loves us. We are your prized possession, and we thank you. And, Father, we pray all these things not just as words but as an expectation that you will download into us and touch our hearts, that we will walk away filled, encouraged, strengthened, lifted up above all our challenges. And we pray all these things in the all-powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Uh, You guys are looking good, and I'm so glad that you're here this morning. I'd like to release the Warrior Youth at this point in time, so all children's ministry is released. And I'm excited about today. I'm excited about every day, especially Sundays. And I love that we get to fellowship together and uh, and spend time together. And we have some really exciting things coming up the next few weeks. Our pastor from Corpus Christi will be here next Sunday, so you don't want to miss that. Yeah, he's, he's really awesome. And this will be the first Sunday he's been here in five years. So we're excited about that. The following week, we have the baptism service and time of fellowship. And then the following Sunday, July 6th, we have Mr. Tom Braxton. And I don't know if you guys were here when he came, but he's an awesome musician. He travels internationally. He's a fun guy. He's a wonderful speaker. And we've been talking about this 442 initiative where we're going out and we're making four new relationships. We're intentionally reaching out to four people that don't know the Lord. And then uh, the second four is that we're sharing our story what the Lord has done in our life. And then the two is that we would pray with people. And Tom is one of the, the greatest examples of that. Could you bring me down in the monitors or take me out, please? Thanks. He has just a way of connecting with people that is so authentic and so warm and engaging. People are just drawn to him, and it, and it provides an opportunity for him to share his faith. And then he plays before thousands of people every year, so he, he has the opportunity to reach into people's lives. So anyway, you want to be here for that service on July 6th. This morning, I'm going to have some TA moments here this morning. And if you're new to Life Fellowship, what TA stands for is transparent, authentic, and honest. And I want to tell you, honestly, this is not the message that I wanted to to teach this morning, but the Lord gave me a message for today. And I wanted to teach, dads, be strong, lead strong, you know, go get them tiger kind of message. And the Lord gave me a word back in March, and I was having some time with the Lord about 5 o'clock in the morning. That's usually when he wakes me up, 3 to 5 o'clock in the morning. For some reason, I think that's his favorite time of day. But uh, maybe that's when my mind is just calm and, and I don't have a hundred million things going through my brain. But the Lord will wake me up often and begin to speak to me. And that's really my quiet time that I have with him. I'm going to share this morning something that the Lord told me to share today. And this message may be for you personally. And, or it may be that, uh, that this is something that the Lord wants you to get so that you can share with someone else who's struggling. In these areas, but on the fifth on the fifth of March this year, the Lord woke me up at five fifteen, and I was talking to him about some things. I was praying about a building, you know, that we've been praying that God will lead us to a building that we can call our own, 
And I was praying about that, and I was praying about the student ministry beginning their own worship team. And, and so I was praying about a number of different things. I was probably praying for some of you. And the Lord began to speak to me, you know, just kind of, it was like, wow, it just went another direction. And this is what the Lord told me. Before I, I say that, let me say this. We talk about connecting to the Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives. We talk about being comfortable. And this is why, because Jesus said, I go, that the Holy Spirit may come and lead you and guide you into all truth. Listen, he needs to be speaking to our lives because we need him. If you have any challenges or you have any decisions to make, we need to be seeking the Lord. And so I'm so thankful that we have access to the throne of grace, the one who has all wisdom. Jesus said, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. We've been talking about that scripture in Matthew 28. But this is what the Lord told me. He said, when men look at pictures of women and begin to lust, it erodes their spiritual core. It's like tearing down of a shield of defense. The walls around the city were built to protect it. If the walls get broken down, the enemy can easily come in and steal, kill, and destroy. And then this is what the Lord told me, teach on this on Father's Day. I'm like, okay. Listen, the Holy Spirit is the orchestrator of the service. Every week I go before the Lord and I say, God, what do you want me to teach on? Because you're, you're my boss. You tell me what to teach on. It's my role as a pastor to lead and feed, and it's his role to give me what I'm supposed to give to you guys. And so every week I say, God, what is your burden for this message? In other words, what is your heart? What is it that you want me to share through this message that you're giving me this week? And that's what I try to do. I, I say, God, show me what to teach. Lead me and guide me. Show me what your heart is in this message. And uh, then help me to deliver that. Open the hearts of everyone that will be listening to the service, whether here or online. So I want to talk about this this morning. When men look at pictures of women and begin to lust. Okay, it's not wrong to look at women. I can look at you, and I'm not lusting, but it's, it's critical when we begin to lust. It's wrong when you begin to lust or fantasize. God has given us boundaries and walls of protection. It's for our protection. And so men, a lot of times, we need to make a conscious decision because all of us have gone places. You go to Schlitterbahn or something like that, you know, there's all kinds of temptations there. And so maybe we need to implement the neck-only rule. Just be looking, when you look at a woman from the neck up. But again, there's no harm in looking at people, but it's just if we begin to lust. The Lord told me, he said, if the walls get broken down, the enemy can easily come in and steal kill, and destroy. Does that sound familiar? Let's go to John 10.10. 10. The thief's purpose is what? To steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, and Jesus was saying this, he said, my purpose is what? To give them, us, you, me, a rich and satisfying life. And so the enemy is looking for areas where he can begin to break down the walls in our lives so that he can what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Do you know people that he's effectively stealing from? Killing and destroying? I do. There's a whole world of people out there that are being damaged and, and killed and destroyed by the enemy. Again, this is not something that is probably a, a, the most popular Father's Day message going on today. But I felt like this is what the Lord wanted me to share. And let me tell you, it's good. We need to know because, well, I'll get to it in a minute. But there are a lot of men that are trapped in pornography. And we can help them. If we understand the impact of those things. Pornography is eroding the moral fiber of our society. It's eroding individual lives and destroying marriages. I've seen it happen. I believe pornography is the primary reason for the rampant slave and sex trade industry. Houston now ranks number one in, in the sex trade industry. Houston ranks number one. That's not what we want to rank number one in. There must be a market for children to be sold into to the sex slavery. Otherwise, there would not be anybody participating in it, right? If there was, let me put it this way. If you had a product and you thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread and you went out there and tried to market it and nobody was interested in buying it, your business would, would fail pretty quickly. This is a, a thriving business, so there's a market for, for the product. I'm not trying to imply that women and children are products. But you understand that there is an, there's a desire for that that's driving it. 
what that tells me is that it's an indicator of the depravity of our society, that we would be desirous of those things as a society. And, and we hear all the time about teachers having sex with students. I'm like, really? You can't find anybody your own age? I mean, it's sick. It's like, really? I want to share some statistics with you. According to a 2009 survey of evangelical Christians that was collected over a five-year period. This was from 2009, so it was five years ago. I'm sure it's changed since then, probably not for the better. But it indicated that 68% of Christian men view pornography on a regular basis. 68% of Christian men view pornography on a regular basis. Here's something else that I was like, wow. It, it also indicated that 50% of pastors view pornography on a regular basis. There's something wrong here, guys. There's something wrong with this picture. And let me have a tall moment. Let me tell you, I am not one of those 50%. I don't view pornography on a regular basis. I don't view it at all. I never go to those sites. So let me just clarify that right now. You know, as terrible as these results are, it also indicated the largest segment of the population that views pornography are boys from 11 to 17 years old. That's the largest segment of the population. What's going to happen as these boys become adults, the church will be flooded with porn addicts. How are we going to handle that? Listen, if it's something that the church is struggling with, 68% of men in the church are struggling with that, how are they going to help somebody else out? And so it's a problem that we need to address. And, and I've heard that it's not just men that are having problems with pornography today. It's women as well. And so the enemy is coming to break down the walls and divide our family to get us trapped into things that are not healthy for us. In general, the church is not prepared for this wave of young men that are coming that are going to need spiritual healing. And they're going to need us, men, ladies. They're going to need us to help them. So my first point this morning is, Dad, build strong walls. Your family needs it. It starts there. It starts with our family. Your family depends on the spiritual and physical protection you provide. It's a serious matter. Proverbs 25, 28 says, A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. One of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Are you exercising self-control? We're going to go to Galatians chapter 5 this morning. Galatians 5 and James chapter 1. So let's go to Galatians 5, 16 through 26. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. It's important that we submit our lives to the Holy Spirit, to the Lord, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. The Holy Spirit keeps us in check. Have you ever been going somewhere or doing something and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit speaks to you? Don't do that. Don't go there. That's a good thing. I'm thankful that the Lord speaks to us and keeps us in check. Galatians 5.17. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. It goes on to say, and the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. I believe all of us have good intentions, but when we begin to succumb to the carnal desires, our fleshly carnal desires, it takes us out of that zone. And so there's always a struggle of the flesh and the spirit. And that's why we need to remain connected to the Spirit. If we will be walking in the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, the things of the flesh, the carnal things begin to release their hold on us as we begin to turn from those things and walk away. Let me read this whole passage of Scripture all, all in one chunk here. Galatians 5, 17. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Let's look at verse 18. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. 
And what that really means is the law was given to identify the boundaries and say, hey, listen, you need to stay within these boundaries. Just like a speed limit sign says, don't exceed the speed limit. So the law was given to identify the boundaries God has set. And as we're led by the Holy Spirit, we are following the path that God has provided for us. And he's saying, hey, listen, go, go down this path. Stay on this path. The law is created for those who, well, it's created so that we understand the boundaries, but also for those who break the law, not for those who follow it. Have you ever been driving down the street? You know, they have those radar guns, and they have the screen, and it says 41 miles an hour, and you let off the gas, 39. It's telling you how fast you're going. That's a reminder, hey, wait a minute, am I doing okay? Am I staying within the boundaries? And so those things are there to keep us, to help us identify where the boundaries are. But also, the law is, is not there for those who are keeping it. It's for those who are breaking the law. No, you can't shoot somebody. It's not okay to steal. It's not okay to lie, whatever that may be. So it goes on to give us some guidelines to help us define whether we are following God's leading or our own desires. Let's read on in Galatians 5.19. When you follow... The desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear, okay? So it's going to be very clear when we're following our sinful nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. Now, I'm talking about pornography and, and lust today, but, you know, you can lust after all kinds of things. You can be on a diet and be lusting for a cupcake or a gallon of bluebell ice cream. So, you know, these carnal desires are going to be different for each of us. They're not necessarily going to be all the same. It goes on to say in verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, hostility. Do you know people that are hostile? This is a result of our sinful nature. Quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Outbursts of anger are a result of our sinful nature. You know, I, I think that our biggest problem is selfishness. Because why do we generally get angry? Because we didn't get our way. Because somebody cut us off on the freeway and we had to slow down or we were inconvenienced. You know, really think about it. Selfish ambition is another result of our sinful nature. Dissension, division, that's a result of our sinful nature. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Listen, he doesn't define everything. He says this is kind of a template. This is an idea of some of the things that are a result of your sinful nature. Let me tell you again, as I've told you before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are strong words, guys. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean, oh, well, if I've ever had moral failure, if I've ever had uh, an adulterous affair, it's all over. I'm going to hell. No, it doesn't mean that. It says that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. God's greatest desire is to bring us into relationship and bring health and healing and wholeness to our lives. I know this is a crazy, stupid question to ask, but has anyone here never made a mistake? All of us have. And God's grace is great enough to cover those things that we've done. So let me be very clear. Salvation is not based on our performance. Because when you read scriptures like this, you can think, oh, I've got to be a good person. I can't make a mistake. I, I can't mess up or, you know, I'm going to blow it. And then I have to go back to zero and start all over again. Ephesians 2.8 says, what we're saved by grace through faith when we believe, not of our works, not of anything that we do, that anyone should be able to boast. It's only simply through the grace, the unmerited favor of God that we are saved. We can't be good enough to be saved. We can't be bad enough to be disqualified, hallelujah. Some of you were rascals. I was too. But our salvation is based on God's grace. Jesus taking all of our sins on the cross. So let me be very clear that we're saved by grace, not by our performance. However, let me say this, there should be changes in our lives. Come on. If we've accepted Christ and we're allowing him to lead us and guide us, there should be some changes in our life. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians. Keep your finger there in Galatians, but if you want to go to 1 Corinthians, go back to the left. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality, 
verse 10, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or are abusive, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. We should not be doing those things. We shouldn't be having an affair. If someone comes to me and says, well, I'm having an affair, I'm, I'm going to tell them, stop it. If someone says, well, I'm living a homosexual lifestyle, I'm going to say, stop it. It doesn't mean that there aren't tendencies or propensities for those things. Listen, I know people that struggle with homosexuality. I know people that struggle with not having an affair on their wife. Just because you struggle with it doesn't mean it's okay to do it. I know people that have a problem not stealing things. And so we need to allow the Holy Spirit to pour through our lives and bring changes in our hearts. Verse 11, I love this. Some of you were once like that. But you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So some of us were like that. Some of us have done those things. And what, what does it say? It says that we're saved by grace. We're saved. We've been cleansed. We don't have to go back to that stuff. I know people that are in a terrible situation and then they come to the Lord, or they begin going to church, or, or they come to Life Fellowship, and, and God begins to do a work in their life, and really changing them. And then they just fall off the wagon. They go back, right back to the same mud pit they were in, over and over and over again. And maybe some of you have done that. I know I have. Have you ever beat your head against the wall? You keep beating your head against the wall, and you're like, this is stupid. Why do I keep doing this? Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God fill our mind with the things of the word, that we come into alignment with his word so that our lives are transformed. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Let's go back to Galatians 5, 22. Let's go back to Galatians 5.19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now let's look at Galatians 5.22. And we'll see the contrast between giving into our sinful desires and allowing the Spirit of God to leave us. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. So you see the difference what our sinful desires produce, and you see what walking in the Spirit produces. Verse 24 those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Jesus took all those on. And when we come to him, we have the opportunity, and even after we come to him, to take that baggage, to take that stuff and put it at the cross. You don't have to pick it up and take it again. You don't have to drag that stuff around with you for the rest of your life. Whatever that is, it could be guilt, it could be shame, resulting from some of these things that you've done. But listen, God says his mercies are new every morning. That's good news. Okay, so when you blow it, go to God and say, God, forgive me. Help me to not keep stumbling in that same direction. It's, he took it all on at the cross. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. It's a complete work. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in the parts that we want. You know, there are Christians, and this really bugs me. Can I, be, can I have a Tom moment here? But it really bugs me. When people cherry-pick the things of God, they say, well, you know, I'm going to believe this. Oh, I'll, you know, God, I'm God's favorite, and God wants to bless me. But when it comes to obeying the Word of God where it's a challenge or where it pushes against our selfishness, they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to do that. Listen, it's, it's a whole package deal. We can't just cherry-pick what we want. 
Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And if God is for us, who can be against us? God wants to bless us. Why wouldn't we want him in every part of our lives? Not just on Sunday from 10 to 1130. What about Monday morning? I need him. I need him in every day, in every part of my life. Verse 26, let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Oh, well, I've got victory over that. Come on. You once were there too. Let's show some compassion for those that are in the pit that, that are struggling. Don't get puffed up with pride because God has delivered you. Help them. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Come on, man. We all have a part to play that no one else can play. You all have a special place and a special calling, and God needs every one of us doing their part. So let me condense all this. The results of our sinful nature are very clear. Sexual immorality. If your life is sexually immoral, that's part of your sinful nature. It's very clear, guys. It's not that difficult. The results of our sinful nature are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity. Are you living a pure life? I mean, come on. Look in the mirror. It's you. <laughs> are you living a pure life? Are you succumbing to lustful pleasures? Do you worship other things, other gods? It can be other things, too. Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling. Are you quarreling and fighting all the time? Are you jealous? Do you have outbursts of anger when you drive down 45 at 8 o'clock in the morning? Do you have selfish ambition? Do you cause dissension and division? Are you envious? Do you get drunk all the time? Do you participate in wild parties and other sins like these? It's clear that that's part of our sinful nature. Listen, the word says, and Jason talked about this last week, that all of us were born in sin. You know, all of us. Come on. All of us have fallen short of God's glorious standard. It began with Adam and Eve in the garden when they disobeyed. So it's not really our fault that we had sinful nature. It became part of our DNA when sin entered into humanity through Adam and Eve. But Christ... The Bible says, as sin entered in through one man, Adam, Christ resolved that issue. Through Christ, we can walk in the freedom and the liberty that he came to give us. So let's contrast this with the fruit of the Spirit. God's Spirit working through our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Which would you rather have? I'd rather be walking in the fruit of the Spirit. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says, Do not love this world nor the, the things it offers you, for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. There are some people that I think that this is their struggle. They're straddling the fence. Oh, I love the world. Oh, I want to love God. And you can't, you can't straddle the fence and get very far. Can you ever get enough of the things the world offers? Ask a cocaine addict. Can they ever get enough cocaine? If they had a truckload of it, would it ever be enough? It's never enough. Ask an alcoholic, can you ever get enough alcohol? People that suffer from lustful desires or pornography, can they ever get enough? Our sinful nature will lie to us. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have heard this? Well, just, just one more time. Just one more drink, all right? Just one more time, I'm going to meet that person at the hotel and have an affair. Just one more time. And then you find out that it's time after time after time. What happened to that one more time? It's a lie. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievement and possessions. That's what the world offers goes on to say in verse 16, these are not from the Father, but are from this world. So let me read this passage all in one lump. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievement and possessions. These are not from the Father, but from the world. Listen, our achievements and possessions that we have are a blessing from God. 
God enables us, empowers us to do things, and all the possessions and everything that we have come from him. So why are we going to be prideful about that? This is a blessing from God. This is the things that the Lord has given us. And you may say, well, I work hard for a living. Yeah, but the Lord has provided that job for you. He's given you the ability to work. He's given you the skills to excel. How are you using those? Are you using those to build a kingdom, or are you using those to hoard more stuff? And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, therefore deceiving yourself. Be, do the word. Do it. Live it. You know, do the word of God. Otherwise, you're just deceiving yourself. James 1, 12 through 15. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Verse 13. And remember, when you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Here's the key. Where does temptation come from? It comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. I know you know it's true because I know that you've been enticed at some point in time by your life. And, you know, the thing is that sin, like I was saying earlier, one more time is not enough. As we're enticed by our own carnal desires, our sinful nature, it's like being lassoed and being drawn in, and it drags us away. Let's read verse 15. These desires give birth to sinful actions. So it starts with our desire. Okay, think about somebody that's having an affair. They begin to flirt with somebody at work or whatever, okay? It's, it could be really innocent. But next thing you know, they begin to think, ah, oh, you know, she really looks better than my wife. Or, or he's really more sensitive than my husband. And they begin to make a connection, right? And so next thing you know, it leads to a full-fledged affair. And, and they wake up one morning in a hotel room, and, they, and they're like, how did we end up here? I mean, how did it end up like this? Having an affair for six months or what? Well, it started way back here. And so these lustful desires give birth. They give birth to sinful actions. It's a progressive thing. And it says here in, in James 1.15, these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. It leads to death. Sinful actions and lifestyles lead to death. Maybe a physical death. Okay, think about somebody that, that has uh, problems with drugs. I mean, they, people die from drug overdoses. It can certainly mean spiritual death, where maybe they were walking with the Lord at one point in time and completely turned their back on God and walked away. So I just have two points this morning. My first point was, Dad, build strong walls. Your family needs it. My second point is, Dad, it begins with you. There's a saying that says, as the head goes, so goes the rest of the body. Dad, you are the leader of the home. You're the leader of the home. Your children are watching. Your wife is watching. Your neighbors are watching. But let's go back to your children. How do children learn? There are three ways. Example times three. That's it. Galatians 5.22 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Are you doing that? Are you submitting your life to the Lord? Listen, we talk about this a lot, that spiritual growth and maturity is a lifelong process. It's not like flipping on a light switch. It's a process because most of us, I would venture to say all of us, have areas of woundedness and, and hurts in our lives that God is bringing health and healing to. All of us deal with our selfish ambitions, our selfish nature. And so God begins to change us. God begins to fill us. God begins to heal our lives as we simply yield our life to him. I want to have another time moment. About a year ago on July 19th at 4 o'clock in the morning. I don't know why. I always write down the time. I guess I don't know why I do that. But anyway, the Lord woke me up. And I was praying to him about the church. And, and I was thinking about situations that I know of where people 
continue to struggle with issues, whatever those issues may look like. And, and, uh, and, I, and I think we all have areas that we struggle with. And so I began to ask the Lord, I was thinking about those things, and I began to ask the Lord, why do I, why do we, I and, and others, still have carnal struggles? You know, why is that? And this is what the Lord began to tell me. And, and I'm going to read this to you. I mean, this is my own personal journal, and this is what the Lord speaks to me, but it's very relevant, I think, to what I'm talking about today, and it helps us. One, I want you to understand the importance of spending quiet time with the Lord and really just listening, developing that intimate relationship with the Lord where you hear his small, still voice speaking to you. But also, I I think that this word is relevant. Okay, so I asked the Lord, why do we or why, why do we still have carnal struggles? And this is what he said. Sometimes I minister to or out of a deficit. I minister based on a person's lack. Sometimes I minister to a person's obvious needs. Always I minister in love. So the Lord is ministering to our lives. Sometimes it's, it's based on a person's lack. And sometimes it's obvious. Have you ever seen, been talking with somebody and they have a problem and it's very obvious to everyone but them maybe? And so the Lord is saying, sometimes I minister to a person's obvious needs, but I minister to a person's lack in love, always. Let me read this again. Sometimes I minister to or out of a deficit. I minister based on a person's lack. Sometimes I minister to a person's obvious needs. Always I minister in love. God's desire is to help us because he loves us. And so this is what I asked. I said, Holy Spirit, can you break this down further for me? I mean, this is just the kind of relationship I have with the Lord. As I'm praying and spending time with him, I'm like, God, can, can you help me understand? I'm, I'm really, you know, just make it clear to me. And this is what the Lord told me through the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, sometimes I reach into the core of there, a person's being, to heal or bring wholeness or completeness into an area that is undeveloped and incomplete according to my plan and desires. A lot of times when God is bringing health and healing to our lives, it's because he has a plan for us. It's according to his plan, which is ultimately, you know, benefits us too. Hey, listen, I want to be walking in God's plan. And so he's bringing wholeness or completeness into an area that is undeveloped and incomplete according to his plan and desires. A person, he went on to tell me, a person may have a deficit due to generational sin, which can be iniquity passed down from a previous generation to generation. If you weren't here or you missed the, the sermons on Resurrection Sunday down at the Kima Boardwalk and then here at 10 o'clock, I talked about that specifically. I would encourage you to go back and listen to those messages. Uh, the boardwalk, I kind of laid the foundation, and then we, when we got here at 10 o'clock, I built on that. So a person may have deficits due to generational sin where it's iniquity that's passed down from generation to generation. A person may have needs based on poor parenting or a lack of spiritual nourishment they needed when growing up. Some of the issues in our lives could be a result of poor parenting or it could be we didn't get the spiritual nourishment that we needed when we were growing up. These can allow for stunted growth or lead to stunted growth prohibiting full spiritual maturity in a person. The results of that The results of that, and this is what the Lord told me a year ago, are manifested in sin. So when we have a gap in our life, when we didn't get the spiritual nourishment that we needed, it can lead to sin, which means, what does sin mean? To miss the mark. Like an archer shooting at a target, they miss the entire target. Okay, so that's what sin means. So the results are manifested in sin, missing the mark. This is why spiritual health and wholeness is so vital. Bridging the gap of a person's deficit brings healing. So as we have these gaping holes and these gaps in our lives, as God begins to bring healing and wholeness, it it brings our life together. Bridging the gap of a person's deficit brings healing. Health and healing results in a changed behavior. So as we get healthier spiritually, as God begins to bring wholeness and healing to our lives, then it changes our behavior. When God changes our heart, it changes the exterior of what we do. And how many people try to change the exterior without changing the heart? It doesn't work. And so as God brings health and healing to our lives, it changes our behavior. 
he, he went on to tell me spiritual health allows us to live based on the fullness of life as opposed to attempting to fill the voids in our life with carnal desires, which actually cause the gap to expand greater and fail to be satisfied or healed. Does that make sense? So say we have this gap in our life, like so. And as we begin to fill it with those carnal, fleshly desires, it begins to widen. It doesn't get healed, right? It just drives those walls further and further apart. Think of the Grand Canyon, all right? Some of us have been like Grand Canyons because we try to fill our life with all this stuff. And has it brought health and healing? No, it's just made it worse. But as we begin to fill, uh, allow God to fill our lives with the things of Him, it begins to bring healing to our life and bring our body back together. Imagine that you get a, a very serious cut on your hand or, or part of your body. What happens? That skin needs to come together and close up and heal, right? If, if it keeps getting ripped apart, it's never going to heal. And so as we allow God in our life, he begins to bring healing and close those gaps in our lives. So this, this was my next question. So how do we remove the carnal filler that we attempt to fill the void with and replace it with the God filler. So I was asking the Lord, okay, so how do we do this? I said this. I said, for example, how does a person remove anger or alcohol from the equation? And this is what the Lord began to tell me. Anger is an internal response to a deficit of love. So do you know somebody that's angry all the time? It's because they have a, a need for love. Alcohol is an internal filler used for rejection and a deficit of love. How many people feel rejected? They try to fill that void with alcohol from rejection and love. Alcohol is an internal filler used for rejection and a deficit of love. Sexual sin is rooted in pride. It's all about self-gratification. Think about it. Think about why does a man go to uh, Las Vegas and pick up a prostitute. Is it because he's trying to satisfy her? No. He's trying to satisfy himself. It's self-gratification. Why do, why do people go and, and to pornography sites? For self-gratification, right? So sexual sin is rooted in pride. It's all about self-gratification. This is why sexual sin is and always has been such a prevalent issue for humanity. Homosexuality and deviant behavior is rooted in super pride because a person is acting in a manner where it goes from selfish pride to redefining the norm God created. In other words, I'm deviating from God's design to create, to create my own design and demonstrating I am equal to or superior to God. And those were the things that the Lord began to share with me. And so when we begin to understand that anger is a deficit of love, when we understand things like alcohol is a deficit of rejection and a deficit of love, when we understand that sexual sin has been a problem for all humanity and it's based on selfish gratification, when we understand that uh, homosexuality and deviant behavior is based on pride, on super pride, because it's saying, hey, God created sex to be like this between a man and a woman, and it was good. But homosexuality is a perversion of what God has created. And so my final question that morning was, so God, how do we avoid the fillers and have you fill our gaps? And this is what the Lord said, stay immersed in me and my love. Do you know people that need to be immersed in the love of God? We can't win these battles on our own. We sang about it this morning, the white flag. I raise my white flag, God. I surrender. What, is it? what did we sing? All. I surrender all to you, God. Because when I don't, when I try to take those things back and try to navigate through those challenges on my own, I end up in a ditch somewhere. And so God wants to take every part of our life. Galatians 5, 25. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. As I shared with you at, at the onset of this message, this is not what I, I wanted to preach today. But God told me to preach this. So there's a reason that you're here. And if you're listening online, there's a reason you're listening to this, this sermon. Maybe it's for you. Maybe you struggle with pornography. Um, 
Maybe it's so that you can help someone who struggles with pornography. Listen, guys, we need the Lord to heal the church. When 68% of the men that are Christians are going to pornography sites on a regular basis, there's something wrong. When 50% of pastors... are going to pornography sites. There's something wrong. God, help us. People need the Lord. And God is building you. God is repairing you. God is healing you so that you can go out and make a difference. God loves the church. The church, the local church, is the expression of him. That we can love one another. That we can demonstrate his love for one another. And God has called you. Many, you know, Most of you here are a part, a regular part of Life Fellowship. He's called us to make disciples. Matthew 28, go. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, what? Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you. And know this, I will be with you to the end of the age. I will send my Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. So I want to encourage you, pray, spend quiet time. Allow the Lord to speak to you because he will give you insight and direction and understanding like he gives me. It's not just for me, it's for all of us. And I promise you, you need some insight. You need some godly wisdom in your life. There are people out there that God has placed in your path that need what God has given you. You need to share that with them. And so that's been this whole initiative that we would make four new relationships. Man, I I make four new relationships every week. I share my story sometimes more than four times in a week. I pray with sometimes... Maybe a dozen people in a week. And I'm asking you, over the course of this year, will you reach out to four people that don't know the Lord or don't have a church home? Make four new relationships. Will you share your story of what God has done in your life four times in six months, six and a half months, five and a half months, whatever it is, till the end of the year? You can do that. Will you pray with a couple of people? Pray that God will bring people across your path, that you will be able to lead them in the prayer of salvation. If nothing else, pray for them. I I can almost tell you everybody has needs. And most of the people that that I've asked to pray for, they'll, they'll let you pray for them. But we have to be present. We have to be available to do that. And then we need to be prepared. And I'm not saying you have to, you know, memorize something, but be prepared. What if what if I were to call you up? Um, this morning and say, I want you to pray the prayer of salvation with somebody. Could you do it? I know some of you could. Some of you would, you would flip out. But we need to be prepared because God may bring somebody into your office next week that needs, is ready, is ready to receive the Lord. It's their moment right then. And God is choosing you. You need to be ready. Can you do it? You've heard it a dozen times or more. Come on. Be present and be prepared. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, would you slip up your hand? Maybe you did at one point in time, but you've walked away. There's not not any shame in that. The shame would be for you to walk out of this building in the same condition that you're in now when God wants to to reach into your heart and into your life and save you and restore you back into relationship. Anyone here? Lord God, we thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you for what you're doing in this church. I thank you for what you're doing in this community through the people of Life Fellowship. And God, I I just, I pray for the 68% of the Christian men that are going to pornography sites on a regular basis. God, I pray for the 50% of pastors that are going to pornography sites on a regular basis. I pray for the largest segment of our population that's, that's viewing those pornography sites 
young boys 11 to 17, God, we need help. We need you to, to bring health and healing to these men and these young boys and even women that are, that are caught up in, in all kinds of things, Lord. So, Father, we're crying out to you and we're asking for your help. We pray that you would bring healing to our lives, that you would help us to share the good news of Christ with those whom you bring across our path, that they would meet you and that they would receive you and that they would walk in the fullness of life. And, Father, we ask that you would just cause the enemy to stop his destruction in the lives of the people around us. Jesus, you came to give abundant life. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we receive your grace and your forgiveness. And we move forward, pressing on toward the goal or the prize of you. In Jesus' name. So 442 is for you. Four new relationships with someone who does not go to church. Four times you share your story and pray with two people. We have plenty of these cards uh, take some on the way out if, if you need some more. Also, if you didn't get a t-shirt last week and uh, you want a t-shirt, we have some t-shirts up here. And this is really just to remind us to be, to be praying for people, to be building those relationships. And, and hopefully people will, will see these and, and they'll be thinking, well, what is 442? What does that really mean? It's got the website on the back. Or maybe somebody will ask you, hey, what does that mean? Could you tell them what it means? Share your story. Invite them to Life Fellowship. I want you to be praying about who you can invite. We have a lot of good things going on here, and uh, God is doing some amazing things. Other people need to be joining us. So if you didn't get a T-shirt last week, pick one up. They're up here. Also, uh, Richard and some of the guys are going to be handing out these flashlights. And uh, can I have one of those? Can you toss me one? Thank you. And so this was really a Father's Day gift, but, but I want all of you to have one. And also, uh, I noticed on these, they have like four batteries in there, so make, the end, make sure the end is, is screwed on well, because otherwise the batteries will fall out. But as you take your little flashlight, be reminded that the light and the love of Christ is in you, and there's a whole world out there that needs it. And you, God may be using you, God is using you, to make a difference. Yeah, let your little light shine. Yeah. <laughs> right. You don't want me to, to be singing. But anyway, grab one of these on the way out. And uh, listen, guys, go out and make a difference in your world. And pray. Ask God to lead you and guide you. Thank you for joining us this morning. You're dismissed. Go out and live it. I love you. Happy Father's Day. Yay!